Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestle Life Radio. We are reviewing SmackDown and previewing SummerSlam today. My name is Wrestle Life Matt. I'm here with my little brother Micah. Say hi, Micah. No. You, you got to do the catchphrase if you want to sell the t-shirts. Uh, my t-shirt says no, and it's a picture of Grumpy Cat. <laughs> my face over it. <laughs> I would buy that shirt. I would too, to be honest with you. Anybody would buy a shirt with my face on it, though. So, well, okay. <laughs> um, let's. We got a lot to go over, and it's freaking late because SmackDown just ended like twenty minutes ago. So let's let's move right into it. Let's talk about this day in wrestling history. Mm. And today is August twenty second, twenty twenty. Fifteen years ago today, in two thousand five, Chris Jericho was defeated by John Cena in a "Your Fired" match. And then John Cena retained the championship. That is the famous scene where Chris Jericho was carried out by security, kicking and screaming. It was and great. he's worked for AEW ever since. Well, no. He's come back like three or four times. So I thought you were going to say this day in wrestling history, August 22nd, WWE debuted the Thunderdome. Well, that was the 21st. We're, I know we're recording on the 21st. Uh, okay, but I got you. posting on the 22nd. So, yeah. Anyway, Last night in wrestling history. Ball. oh um i'm gonna go over before we go through smackdown i just wanted i want to talk about two minutes about nxt uh aw was not on television on wednesday so i watched nxt and to be fair it was the go home show which i don't know why i'm saying that usually go home shows are really good and it was not a bad show um i'm not gonna crap all over it because it doesn't deserve it it was good but when you are given the opportunity to have Wednesday night all to yourself, I think you should capitalize. And yes, I know you can't have a bunch of title matches because it is literally four days before your 30th pay-per-view. So you have to save the big stuff. But Keith Lee and Karrion Cross, your champion and challenger, they weren't on the show. And it just blows my mind. Io Shirai, was, was the women's champion, was on there as like this throwaway run-in. Uh, I don't know. I just, I wasn't really impressed, and as an AEW fan, I wasn't going, man, maybe I should check out NXT next week. So I think that they need to do better. And again, this isn't a hate on NXT. I absolutely love NXT. It is my second favorite American show, Um, but I just, I don't watch it because I'm watching AEW on Wednesdays, and I just don't get why they didn't capitalize. Make sense? Yeah, makes sense. So, I have heard that NXT's go home shows are typically uh, missable, though. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't watch them regularly, so we yeah. should have got should have got Chris on ask him. But I, I'm just going to do a really quick pick them. Um, I'm not going to go into it deep because I know you didn't watch NXT or you don't watch NXT. Um, so I don't want to mispronounce the name. Legate del Fantasma. They're 100 beating Brazango uh, and only looking at Danny Birch. Uh, Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. This is really interesting. And let me tell you, Pat McAfee uh, needs to teach a promo class because, boy, was he good. And I guess literally his whole job is to is to talk. But what a fire promo. And this whole thing has been, has been I know I said I'm going to talk about it, but it's, it's just so good. And this whole thing has been handled so, so well. They've met Adam Cole not like a dork while still giving Pat McAfee the upper hand. This is Adam Cole's face turn. He is going to be... This is this is his future of the WWE run. Adam Cole is something special. 
And part of me selfishly hopes they drop the ball with him so he goes to AEW. But, you know. Man, I'll tell you what, I watched Adam Cole versus Keith Lee the other night. Yeah. He looked like a child. Well, it's because Keith Lee's a giant, but Adam Cole is very small. Keith Lee's not that big. I mean, he's like 6'1". Yeah. He's, he's, I would love to see Adam Cole versus Randy Orton. Keith Lee. <laughs> Keith I bet, Lee is... I bet Adam Cole, he's 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 booked at 6'2", but I don't think he's actually 6'2". I bet yeah. Adam Cole is Eddie Guerrero's height, if I had to guess. It says Adam Cole's 6 feet, but I don't think I buy There's it. There's no way. But Keith that Lee's man so wide, maybe he just point, looks like he towers. That man is five, point, 5 foot 6 at the moment. <laughs> My wife's anyway, him. Adam Cole's winning this match. Um, but Oh, for sure. They're not letting a... What is he, a sports announcer coming? Well, WWE does it all the time. They do it all the time. Not but Adam NXT. Cole, though. Not the guy who just held the title for, what, like two years? Yeah, 400-something days. Yeah. Uh, Io Shirai versus Dakota Kai. Io retains. I don't care that that giant, whatever her name is, is back. Um, NXT North American title. I'm rooting for Johnny Gargano. I hope it's not Velveteen Dream, who has allegations against him for being a pedophile. Why is he back on TV, guys? Why is he there? Um, but I actually think this is uh, either Damian Priest or Cameron Grimes. Uh, title to win. I think Bronson Reed has no chance. Uh, so I, I'm going to I think I'm going to pick Cameron Grimes and then uh, Karrion Cross defeats Keith Lee. Keith Lee gets promoted to the main roster. There you go. There's your, you, there's your take you over. How do you feel about Cameron Grimes? Um, he's fine. I mean, he oh, he's a very good, very talented wrestler in my opinion. Uh, he's good on the mic. He's good in the ring. I don't particularly care for his gimmick uh, and he's not he's not for me. But so, I understand why he's good. So I, I don't I really it. know much about him other than the fact that I saw a compilation the other day of him saying his own name and it was like 10 minutes long. <laughs> uh, but I do know that if I'm over at my buddy's house who does watch NXT and he comes on the screen, he turns it off. So take with that as you will. Riley feels the same way. She doesn't like him either. <laughs> he's he. I mean, he is good at what he does. He is. He's that um, Barry Corbin type heel. No. Well, okay, yeah, he is annoying. I, I understand. I understand where you're coming from. Um, let's get into SmackDown. All right. And I watched SmackDown now in front of my television, beginning to end. Now, if you're wondering, what do you mean by that, Matt? Don't you always do that? Well, no, I do that for AEW. But a lot of times, if I'm not the primary reviewer of the show, I'll watch it playing Hearthstone or doing something else, playing some other video game. Just bought Fall Guys. It's really entertaining. Um, but. I, I was reviewing SmackDown. It's the big Thunderdome debut, and I thought that I should sit down and watch it, you know, beginning to end with focus on it. And it was a very, I think, interesting. It's a, it's a word that I use a lot, uh, but it was. It was a very interesting show, whether or not that's good or bad. So let's let's get into it. So SmackDown opens with the Thunderdome, and it looked... Freaking amazing. Yeah, the pyrotechnics... Really I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, it looks really good. Yeah, the, the pyrotechnics are insane. There is no one that can do production like WWE. There's just not. They're so unique in the way they do it that other major sports can't copy because there are too many players or or something of the like. You, they Other sports can't do what the WWE does. AEW does not have the same production as WWE. Uh, so this is just something special that only WWE, only WWE can do. And it was great. Vince McMahon is standing in the ring. He says, welcome to the Thunderdome. He's about to cut a promo and the fiend comes out. 
I look at my beautiful wife and I say, man, this is actually legitimately entertaining. This is something that I really want to see. Because the Fiend, who really shouldn't be interacting with Vince McMahon, okay? And, and, but I don't want to hate on that because I was enjoying this, okay? But the Fiend comes in, Vince McMahon stands there like a goober instead of getting out of the ring. Because what, what are you doing, Vince? You're 74. And the Fiend stares at him in the face. Vince McMahon like, tries to walk around him, but the Fiend is sidestepping so Vince can't get around him. Braun Strowman's music hits. I'm like, why do we care about this guy? I agree with what Kyle said last week. Braun Strowman's a dork. Um, Braun Strowman comes out and gets face-to-face with The Fiend. Vince McMahon is now gone, thankfully. They're staring at each other, and then the lights kind of like fade in and out, which obviously, apparently now means that Retribution is coming. And like a dozen people are up around the ring. I'm pretty sure it's all guys, but I, I'm not really sure. Um, Braun and The Fiend share a moment. And they lock eyes, and they say, should we do this? And the Fiend nods at Braun, and Braun smirks, and he's nodding back at the Fiend. The Fiend lifts his hand to his ear that says hurt, and then waves goodbye as the lights go out, they come back on, and the Fiend is gone. Then all the goobers, who may be worse than the ninjas, attack Braun Strowman. But since there's 12 of them, they succeed. A bunch of people run to the ring. Most of them are baby faces, but they are taken down. More people come to the ring, led by Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin. Why does Baron Corbin care? Why? So a bunch of more people come to the ring. A lot, some of, a lot of these are heels. And they finally have the upper hand because they have as many people's retribution they, you know, Retribution is now running away, and the WWE superstars stand tall. So now Retribution is gone. And I just don't get it. And I know you guys have complained about it, and I think, believe I have in the past. But it's just not, it's just not good. And who are these 12 people going to be? If it's led by Dominic Dijakovic, is it going to be him and like 11 goobers? Like, I think my biggest complaint about the Dark Order is Brodus Lee is amazing, Uno and Stu, Stu Grayson are amazing, and then, like, the other guys are pretty good, but then when you have, like, numbered guys that I don't know come in as jobbers, I do not care. Did you just call him Brodus Lee? What did I say? You said Brodus Lee. Brodus Lee? <laughs> Brody Lee, my bad. <laughs> Mr. Brodus Clay, and I was like, what? <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. If Dominic Dijakovic does come in, which he's teasing on social media, but that may just be him, you know, popping himself. Um, if he does come, he needs people to come with him. Uh, and I don't know who who would honestly be good for that. Yeah. Uh, I don't – I think at this point now, if this was their plan to bring in Dominic Dijakovic, they need to be – they need to scrap that plan. Yeah. Uh, they need to have him, like, walking in with a suitcase, like, getting ready for his call-up. And then he needs to single-handedly take out all of the retribution and then just lock the door behind him. That way they can't come back in. And that would be a much better storyline than having him lead these group of teenagers yeah. uh, vandalizing what is now the Amway Center. Uh, I mean, and then it's free. Like Michael Cole's like, how did they get in? It's like, I don't know how they got in for the last four weeks. Because <laughs> you have terrible security, I guess. You let the Fiend come in and harass the chairman. You have these hooligans running around, spray painting thing, knocking over tables. 
kicking a flipped over car. Yeah. Throwing a brick through an already broken window. It's just so bad. It's just so poorly done. And I just, I just don't get it. I really don't. And this is something that like, I love, I love invasions, even bad invasions. I like, like the Nexus is one of my favorite storylines ever in the WCW, WWE invasion, which is one of the, which is probably the worst storyline of all time. Other than like, you know, horrific ones that didn't make sense of a storyline that actually made sense. It was the most poorly executed. How about that? And this is just, it's just so bad. I'm just, I'm just, it's very disappointing because it could be great. Really could. I, I did see someone that was uh, assuming uh, kind of a conspiracy. The whole reason they brought in retribution is in case they had some technical difficulties during SummerSlam with the new uh, news place, they could just blame retribution. That. Is I think, ingenious. I think it's too smart for them, though, if yeah. I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah. Looking too much into it. Yeah. So, anyway, to go back at what happened, I was so excited when The Fiend was there with Vince, and I'm like, okay, Braun's out now, fine. And then Retribution comes, okay, this is kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. It's kind of exciting, The Fiend leaves. And then all the baby faces and heels are out there together. And it's like, Baron Corbin does not care about these people. He doesn't. I'm sorry. And it's just, it's just poor writing. It's poor writing because no one is sticking true to their character. I don't like it. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, out of all this, we get Big E versus Sheamus. Uh, this match was fine. Big E won. Big E's great. There you go. I uh, was skipping through this and I actually thought that Sheamus won and I was very upset. And then I rewound it and I realized that he got rolled up. So he, Yes. So here's what happened. Uh, there are people fighting outside the ring. Baron Corbin attacks Matt Riddle and tells Chad Gable, that's how you do it if you want the money. Uh, and then Sheamus is like, what's happening out here? Let me take a look and see. And then he gets rolled up. So yes, uh, that was really stupid. I forgot. Thank you also, for pointing that out. Also, don't gloss over the fact that Heavy Machinery and Big E danced in the ring. Yep, it was wonderful. That's amazing. the spot of the night. Well, I, I, Tucker like tried to dance, but Otis and Big E danced. Yeah. Uh, Tucker... <laughs> He danced like I dance, so... Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was a fine match with a stupid ending. Big E's great, though, so... Uh, and I also love Sheamus, so good stuff. Um, Jeff Hardy's in the back. Michael Cole says there's a developing story. Jeff Hardy has injured his knee, and he's like, Doc, I, I just can't miss tonight's match. you got to give me a brace. We see the Lucha House party, and Callisto, as Kyle uh, so kindly pointed out, is ripped. This guy is freaking huge now. And, uh, but he's the biggest goober I've ever seen in my life because the three of the Lucha House Party guys are walking uh, to the to the ring. Shinsuke and Cesaro attack Lince Dorado and Grand Metalik and like stand above them, laugh, and walk off. As Kalisto's like down on the ground checking, I'm like, gosh, you okay? Hey, get up, guys. Go get them. And I'm like, what? What, what are you doing? What are you doing? The match hasn't started. Your boys have just been attacked. Do something about it. Kalisto is the biggest dork I've ever seen. And the biggest dork since the Miz let Shane McMahon climb out of that cage by a sweat. It's just so stupid. It's just so dumb. And it's so infuriating because the WWE has all these talented wrestlers. And if they would just write worth the crap, this show would be amazing. It could be so good. The production is there. The entering talent is there. The promo skills are there. But they're, they write so poorly. And they give us, you give us a show with segments that we don't want to watch. And the segments that you do want to watch, they make them they make people look stupid. I just don't like it. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty true. 
Uh, speaking of looking stupid, wait till I tell you about Bailey later. Uh, Cesaro and Shinsuke won a really good match. Uh, after the match, Callisto goes into the ring. Uh, oh, by the way, Cesaro won with a roll-up. <laughs> Callisto got in the ring. He was yelling at Lince for getting pinned, even though Callisto was not in the match. Uh, Grand Metal got in between them, and the two other guys shoved each other in the face. Uh, and we'll go to commercial. That is two for two on roll-ups. Yep, two for two. Uh, Jeff Hart's backstage again. He's still with the doctor. The doc's like, look, bro, I'll approve if you want to go, but I don't know if I feel good about it. And Jeff's like, oh, thank you, doc. Thanks. I'm like, all right, that's fine. We see I don't really how that works. Yeah. <laughs> Carol said, is that, is that how doctors work? Like, is, I don't think it's how that works. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't really sign off on it, but if you want to, that's yeah, fine. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you have, it, we see footage of AJ, and, you know, AJ was out there helping with retribution. Uh, why would he care? But he does attack Hardy from behind. Um, yeah, silly, whatever. Uh, AJ's like, he's looking all happy. He walks through the backstage area. He sees Sasha and Bailey. They have a little moment, and then he walks off. None of it mattered. Kayla Braxton is backstage with Mandy Rose. Kayla asks about Sonya, and Mandy cuts a heartfelt promo because we all know, and I know Kyle went over it last week, about what happened with, uh, with Sonya and Mandy at her house. Um, they're not selling it like Mandy was there, but they are selling it like Sonya was there. Um, I don't know why they're making this to a storyline, especially if Sonya's going to be a heel. Um, but Manny says, look, I'm willing to let all this be be go behind us. We were best friends for five years. Um, and I, I think I just want to put it all behind me and let's go back to our friendship. We'll go to the ring. And then Sasha and Bailey come out. Corey Graves, who is an even bigger goober than anyone who was on the show earlier, even Callisto, says, I just have one question to ask the two of you. Are you going to break up? And Bailey and Sasha are standing there. Like, no. Why would you ask us this question? Yeah, why would you ask him this question? It's a dumb question. Yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense. And sure, there's been a little miscommunication, but it happens all the time. It's like walking up to a couple and be like, hey, you guys going to get a divorce? Yeah. I mean, like, first of all, rude. Second yeah. of all, they're going to tell you. <laughs> yeah. And, and Corey Graves, it, and bless him. I like Corey Graves as a commentator. I know a lot of people don't. But he, boy, he cannot interview for anything because every single word he said was scripted and he can't deliver it. I'm sure as a promo, maybe he was good. Uh, but when he's, when he's scripted, he's miserable. And it was, it was awful. Doesn't he literally have a podcast where he interviews people? Yeah. And he's good at that hmm. because he's not scripted. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of WB's problem is over scripting. Yeah. yeah. So Bailey tells him to stop stirring the pot. He asks him some more questions. None of these matter because Naomi comes out. And she's like, hey, if you two have to face Asuka, if, if both of you have to face Asuka in the same night, why don't you have to face me in the same night? Ha, ha, ha. And Corey Graves like, hey, why don't you do a beat the clock challenge to see who who actually faces Asuka first? I'm not sure why they can book that, but that's fine. Uh, Sasha Banks beats Naomi in three minutes and 39 seconds. It was actually 337, but, you know, uh, Naomi got basically no offense. Then Naomi faces Bailey. Bailey attacks Naomi before the match, and uh, Bailey Naomi gets no offense, none, until she hits Bailey with a rear view, which is the worst finisher I have ever seen in my life. It is a butt to the face. Okay, Naomi's butt to Bailey's face. Bailey, your SmackDown champion, is fighting someone who just got destroyed in three and a half minutes by Sasha Banks. 
has got no offense, then your SmackDown champion gets hit with the worst finisher of all time and gets pinned one, two, three. Your champion, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what it is about Sasha Banks and Bayley because they are two of the most talented performers on this fanless, lifeless show. And there's there everything they've been a part of this last four to six weeks has been some of the most miserable writing I have ever seen. And it breaks my heart because they're both so good. They are so incredibly talented, and I just don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, same. I don't get it either. I don't know. Uh, so I suppose what they're building to is uh, Sasha's going to help Bailey retain, would be yeah. my assumption. And then Bailey's not going to help Sasha retain. And then that's that going to is... build to the feud between Sasha and Bailey. That was my would be my assumption. Yeah. So we will uh, we'll talk about that in the SummerSlam preview, but I, I think I share that with you, so we'll talk about it in a second. Um, what did I say in a second? On the second part of the show. So after Naomi wins, she walks away. Asuka comes out. Asuka destroys Sasha Banks and Bayley. She's dancing around. Uh, Sasha Banks is out cold on the interest ramp. Bayley runs away and passes Sasha and does not help her. Fine. Uh, there's another segment with Jeff Hardy with a trainer. I think this is the one where the trainer actually actually uh, clears him. It doesn't matter. It was all the same segment. They just did it three times. Uh, Kayla comes with Sa- comes up to Sonya Deville and asks her if she's okay. Um, and then she's immediately interrupted by Dana Brooke, who is a goober, and says, Hey, Sonya, I heard what happened. I just want to check on you. And Sonya said, It's nothing that I can't handle. Slaps Dana Brooke in the face so hard, I'm pretty sure that all of her makeup fell on the floor. She calls Dana Brooke disrespectful and walks away. We come back, Sonny. De- we go. We come back from a break. Sonny Deville comes on the stage. She's got a microphone. She says to cut her music, and she cuts one of the most passionate fire promos that we've heard on a WWE program in a long time. She is so talented, and she says, "You know what? This hair versus hair thing—that's not good enough because I'm sick of seeing your stupid face." So now, not only is it going to be a no disqualification match, but it's going to be a loser leaves WWE match. And she said, hair or no hair, I'm sick of looking at you, and you better wipe your tears away and bring your A game. And she walks away and tosses the mic, and it was great. It was so good. My question is, where are they going? What's happening? So, I assume... This is no longer a hair versus hair match. It's not like a hair versus hair and loser leaves town. So I that assume that neither one of them probably wants to shave their head. Because I would assume, for me, it would be very traumatic to shave my hair. They've they've been through a lot. Maybe they don't want to they don't want to shave their hair right now. Yeah. Maybe the original plan was for Sonya to shave her head, but maybe Sonya needs some time off. I know this was I think this was your idea. Sonya yeah. needs some time off. So. She doesn't want to lose her hair and have to take time off and be in courtrooms and all this other stuff. I get that. My other thought is perhaps Mandy Rose loses, okay, and Otis trades the briefcase with Sonya and says, look, don't make her her quit. Don't make her quit. I can't lose my peach or whatever he calls her. And 
give this get this briefcase, and then she can challenge for the title. Well, either of those two options, I think, are fine. So they may use neither one of them. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I, I think I think that Sonya's probably Sonya needs some time off. I would think to take care of all this stuff. I would uh, need luckily, time. she's okay. Yeah. So I just why why a loser leaves WWE match? Is she going to be gone for a month? I mean, that's how long it normally lasts. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Nikki Cross is backstage. She's like, I'm worried about Alexa. It doesn't matter. Jeff Hardy versus AJ Styles. Now, this is a little divisive because I absolutely loved and didn't like it at all, uh, which is weird. But I'm going to go with a positive, and the reason is because I feel like I've been pretty negative towards WWE lately, and I've had a break. So it's time for me to be positive. This match was really good. Um, it wasn't a banger like Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles could be. But the story here was that Jeff Hardy could barely compete because AJ attacked his knee. AJ stayed on his knee the entire match. He completely and fervently attacked Jeff Hardy's knee. But it didn't matter. Jeff Hardy need AJ in the head when AJ had him up for the Styles Clash. It was not dirty, but he did knee him with a knee brace. He hit the twist of fate, hit the swanton, and Jeff Hardy is your new Intercontinental Champion. Now, the reason I didn't like it is because it made AJ Styles look a little bit weak. You know what? AJ is in his 40s. He's an established star, and he can take this loss, and as soon as he gets back in the ring again... Everyone's going to believe that AJ Styles can win that match. So you know what? Fine. I'm okay with it. I'm a little salty because AJ's my favorite. But in all, in all honesty, the baby face overcoming the heel, even though the heel uh, went used dirty tactics, and the baby face got a clean win, which we'd never see on WWE, I'm fine. This was terrific booking, and I loved it. Yeah, I actually liked this match. I liked the booking. I I liked the outcome. I liked everything about it. So that's the first time that's happened in a while. Yeah. Yeah, so. it was great. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad to see Jeff Hardy get, get a title. Um, and I, I like the Intercontinental title. It's always been one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, and I also think that Jeff probably needs this title right now more than AJ does, I feel like. Yeah. Um, I think that AJ, he doesn't need a title. He's that kind of person now. He's like Shawn Michaels on his second run. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't need a title. He's He's got it on lock without it. He can have good stories. I feel like right now Jeff may need a title to uh, elevate him a little bit, to get him back to that 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 second echelon, you know, where he was maybe before. So I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with this. I really liked it. Yeah, I agree with you. Um. We have Kaylin. She comes in the ring. She says, "I got a question to ask you, Jeff. You know, um, did you did you think you would ever get back here again?" He said, "No. If you would have asked me one year ago, I would have thought that I'd never, you know, win this title again because Jeff Hardy does not believe in himself. I don't know why he said that, but whatever." Um, and then he's cutting his promo, and then the music just hits, and we we go to commercial. Yeah, this is super weird. It's like the Oscars. They're like cutting him off, like it's his Hall yeah. of Fame speech or something. Yeah, I don't understand. So he. Sorry, he, they cut him off before we went to commercial. We saw Ramblin' Rabbit and Huskus. Um, Huskus is in a Get These Hooves shirt. It was great. Ramblin' Rabbit's dressed like Alexa Bliss. Fine. 
We come back, AJ Styles is backstage with Kayla, and AJ's back there with Joseph Park. Um, it was just, it, there wasn't much to it, it was so good. And my beautiful wife even said, B-dubs, she said, yes, if all of SmackDown was like this, I would be thoroughly entertained, and I would watch the entire show. Because AJ was just flipping out, he could barely get his words straight, he was yelling, uh, oh, can we say, he was looking into the abyss of Joseph Park's eyes. No. <laughs> If you know, you know. If you know, you know. And uh, he 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 yelled at him. It's like the the stat said I couldn't lose. It was just it was so funny. He was complaining that Jeff won because he cheated because of the the uh, knee brace. It was it was just great. It was just good. Um. Now we go to the Fire- <laughs> we go to the Firefly Funhouse and. Bray Wyatt, it's very entertaining because, of course, it is. And he's looking down the camera. Uh, you know, wait, before we get there, Huskus and uh, Ramblin' Rabbit, the Romeo and Juliet scene as Alexa Bliss and Braun Strowman, and uh, Bray Wyatt's like, that's not how it went. And he's yelling at them, and he tells them to go away. He's looking down the camera, and he sniffs and said, what took you so long? Here's Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman attacks him. Braun Strowman starts doing some forearm strikes to the ground. You cannot see it on camera. There was no one there. Uh, he grabs him by his feet, starts dragging him away, and uh, we we'll go to commercial. We come back and we see Michael Cole and Corey Graves, and they're like, "Oh, we've got this crazy thing that's happening backstage." And you know, we had Braun Strowman. He somehow found the Flyer Firefly Funhouse in this like parallel world, and he dragged him back into the backstage area. I'm like, "What? Well, Seth Rollins burned the whole thing down." Like, this is not the first time this has happened. So, in kayfabe now, we can believe that every every different location that they go to, Bray Wyatt has set up a cardboard cutout in the back. Yep. And that's the fun house. Yes. It's not this mystical thing. Uh, it's, it's a place, and it's apparently backstage. Yes. And apparently it's not that hard to find either. That is what happened. I'm waiting for Retribution to vandalize it. Right. <laughs> So we we go they're they're fighting with each other. Uh Braun Strowman grabs him by grabs Bray by the throat. It's not the fiend, it's Firefly Bray. Uh he choke slams him off this like uh, what is it called? Do you know? It was a loading dock, I believe. Yeah. Off the loading dock. He smirks, he walks away, even though there's a hundred, you know, refs was telling him not to do it, he didn't care. Um and it just it was such a it was such a stupid visual. Like, he's ready to do it, and they've been fighting this whole time. And here comes, like, nine goobers, like, referees and, like, people in suits, and, like, no, no, and none of them touch him. And they're just, like, waving their arms back and forth, and he just, like, smirks at them and chokeslams them off. And then he just, he looks like an idiot. He looked like Festus here. I hate Braun Strowman. He's a dork. Uh, So they, very clumsily, (laughs) I mean, it was awful. If... If this would have been real, they would have broken Bray Wyatt's neck. Like this ambulance comes, he'd be dead. Yeah, and Carol said, "I don't, I don't think you can do this. Like he would, he would be dead." And they like they're picking him up by his shoulders, by his legs, and just sitting him on the stretcher. I don't know. In the interest of times, they don't have to do a neck brace. I don't know, but it just looks so stupid. They put him in the ambulance. They start to drive off, and then they get to the door and they start to back up. And Adam Pierce is like. What? What are you doing? Go. Wait. What's taking so long? And my wife says, they can't drive through a closed door, which I don't think most people notice. I didn't. The door was closed. They couldn't go if they wanted to. The door to leave 
was closed. It's, that is a good point. I did not even notice that. Yeah. So they they start backing up, and then uh, the lights on the inside of the ambulance. You hear some screaming. The lights on the inside of the ambulance turn red, and the camera pans that, down. Like, before that, you could see it filling up with the fog machine. Yeah, exactly. Riley walked in as I was watching this. I was like, oh, they're doing the Undertaker th- cane thing that they've done exactly. like a million times before. I was like, what yeah. do you mean? I was like, he's going to – the lights are going to go red, and he's going to step out of the back, and he's going to be the fiend. Yeah. It's like it's such a it's such a wrestling trope. Yes, it is. And so we we see for some reason there's like forty NXT people there. And that's a slight exaggeration, but there probably were twenty or twenty-five. And it's like referees and Adam Pierce and a bunch of goobers, and they look like they're, you know, horrified. And then it turns back to the ambulance and there's the fiend standing on the end of the ambulance. Now, yes, it's a wrestling trope, but we haven't seen it in a while. And I actually kinda like this. Um it was super obvious, right? Like, as soon as they pulled off, like, I'm telling Carol, like, the Fiend's going to come out of that. And she said, well, it's t- it, that's too good. They won't do that because they won't do something that good. But they did, and it... Yes, everyone and their mother saw it coming, but you know what? I enjoyed it. It, it was it was fine. And I like the Fiend, so it's good. It's fine. Yeah. So this is a really hard... This is a really hard show to grade. Because Big E beat Sheamus by a roll-up. You had Lucha House Party versus Cesaro and Shinsuke. Roll-up. You had Naomi versus Bailey and Sasha, where your women's champion lost in under two minutes to someone that has already been in a match and was attacked before the match started. Uh, then you had Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles, which was really, really good. Perfect storytelling. Um, this, I just, I just don't know. Like... I'm, I'm just going to say C. This is one of those where, like, the good was really good, but the bad was was pretty bad. I think it kind of averages out. So as a whole, the show was average, but I was entertained pretty much the whole time. And that's something, I, I don't know if it's because I haven't watched WWE really in a month because I've been taking a break from doing all this, but it, it was it was, it was was entertaining. Yeah? I was I was entertained at parts. Yeah. There were also parts where I was very bored. Yeah. Also, I think it's worth mentioning, the crowd noise is incredibly distracting. It is. It's canned crowd noise. Um, They don't have anybody actually by the ring like they had the NXT guys. They have the virtual little little faces everywhere. Um, It looks like you're watching a YouTube channel with 10 subscribers. Um, It's, and like half of them are poor camera quality. Their lights are out in their bedroom or whatever kind of dumb and all the crowd noise is canned and it made the show noticeably worse i would have had rather had no crowd noise at all than this canned crowd noise that at times was overbearing the commentator and like during nikki crosses is when it was like most blatant to me nikki crosses yeah. backstage and the crowd's cheering at parts that they're not supposed to cheer at like she's talking about alexa bliss and how their friendship's been bad and they're like yeah your friendship. Woo! It's just like, it didn't make any sense. I did not like the crowd noise. I hope that they fix that before SummerSlam. They probably won't. They won't. Um, it, 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 like, I don't know. Like I was telling Matthew before the show, the commentary and the crowd makes the show for me. I mean, it can be mediocre matches. It can be mediocre storylines. But if it's well commentated and... 
I guess it's not just the crowd. It's the overall production is done well. I can deal with it. But uh, you could have some fantastic matches. And if you've got bad commentary or bad production, like to, to call somebody out, that's why I don't like New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's got some of the best matches of all time. But it doesn't have live English commentary. And if it does, it did for like a year or two and it was bad. And I don't like the way the production's done. And that makes the whole thing for me. So they, I understand. Need, to, they need to get that figured out. Yeah, I know what you're saying. So, um, but yeah, SmackDown was fine. I just, I hope that, it just seems so easy, right? And we're going to move on to SummerSlam. But it just seems so easy, the things to fix. Stop with all the darn roll-ups. Please don't have your champions consistently lose because, my gosh. And just stop over-scripting people. If they fix those three things, and and there's more, of course, but if they fix those three things, how much better would the show be? Yeah. So, I don't know. Let's move on to SummerSlam. Before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to pay some bills, and uh, we'll be right back with our SummerSlam predictions. This is Aiden Knight, and you are listening to Wrestle Life Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for hanging out with us, and thank you for sticking us through the break. Sticking with us through the break. Um, we're going to talk about some SummerSlam. But before we do, let's talk about AEW really quickly, because this has been a really short show, right, from our two-hour standard. And we gave just a few minutes to um, take over. Let's do the same for AEW. And Mike, I know you watch AEW regular, regularly mm-hmm. because you all, review it all on of here. Them. I mm-hmm. watch all of them. So <laughs> we're going to uh, we're going to do some real quick predictions. All right, and again, five minutes or less, and we're going to move on to SummerSlam. Okay. So this Saturday, and what what an amazing weekend for wrestling, right? It is. We had SmackDown, which debuted the new Thunderdome, and it was okay. And then tomorrow, or today, a, when you're listening world. to this, yes, uh, we get a back-to-back takeover in Dynamite, which is going to be by far the best, the best thing of this weekend. And then Sunday we get SummerSlam. It's gonna be, it's a great weekend for wrestling. I'm excited. Yeah, it is. It's so much that Saturday, uh, I'm not even gonna miss college football. It's gonna yeah. be, it's gonna be a, a Saturday of wrestling. Yeah, gonna go over to a friend's house. We're gonna grill. Gonna watch wrestling. Gonna be great. So, Cash Wheel, again, we're just doing quick predictions, but if you want to throw something in, you're welcome to. Okay. Um, Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood versus Isaiah Cassie and Mark Quinn. Oh, FTR for sure. 100%. I agree. Uh, the Lucha Brothers and the Butcher and the Blade versus the Natural Nightmares and Jurassic Express, which is Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. I'm going with the heel team. Uh, I also am. They um, just beat SCU and Private Party on Dark. Oh, Lucha Brothers and uh, Butcher and Blade. Actually, I think the Butcher got the pin. Yeah, and they beat the Young Bucks and FTR as well on Dynamite. <clears throat> um, I think that the Lucha Brothers obviously are um, amazing, and I think that teaming the Lucha Brothers with the Butcher and the Blade is putting the Butcher and the Blade over as a credible threat. They yeah. were liter- literally the jobber tag team. That was their role. They're getting them some wins too. Yeah, so I like it. I think it's good. It's cool. Yep. yep. Uh, Darby Allen says inaction, so that's a free win for him. Uh, the Elite, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus the Dark Order. It's it's the Jobbers, so we know who's going to win here, right? Yeah, it's 2v2. Yeah, no, it's the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega versus Silver, Reynolds, and uh, Allen Angels. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. The Elite. Um, women's Tag Team Title Cup. And I want to talk about this a bit, so I'll let you add whatever you want to add in. Okay. Uh, Allie and Brandy versus 
Diamante and uh, Ivelisse. If Allie and Brandy win, I'm going to lose my mind. Because <laughs> it, it would be three of these eight teams in this random draw. And again, you guys, you know I'm an AEW mark, right? Like, I love almost everything they do. And I hate to crap on Brandy because, one, she is really talented. It's always Brandy, isn't it? It always comes yeah. back to Brandy. <laughs> and, and two, she's such a nice person. I just... I don't. I've hated everything she's done so far. Um, I like her as Cody's manager. I I actually enjoyed her wrestling alley at Fight for the Fallen in 2019. We saw that live. Was it great? No, but you know what? It was it was fine. Um, I think Brandy's really talented, but she can't win this cup. She can't. When we when AEW was starting, we said collectively, and Kyle, Chris, and I, and I think it's just before you joined us, Micah. We said collectively, well. Kenny, Hangman, the Young Bucks, and Cody, they're not going to job out. Brandy has to be the person in the Elite to job out. Well, I think out of all of them, she's the one. She's probably got the most wins. <laughs> yeah, and has been doing the most stuff. So I, I, That's not, not entirely that, fair, because Kenny's got like 14 wins this yeah, year. Yeah, and Cody's that. only lost one match this year, and uh, one singles match, but I just... she's She's got the most undeserved wins. Yeah. Like you can't, she, you can't book this tournament just so you can win the cup. Did you she watch? Has the, to lose. Did you watch the preview show they did on their YouTube? I did Tony, not yet. I haven't watched it yet. Tony Schiavone sat her down. And was like, how do you feel about the people who say you made this cup just so you can win? He actually asked her that. Well, good. And then she got all, uh, she got all defensive in character. She's playing a heel now. I actually like yeah. this character, by the way. I do brand too. Brand. The little brand band, little brand brand thing. Yeah. is it's funny. Yeah. She does a great job, and I'm not hating on her at all. It's just. I, I don't like the way this was set up. I, I, I don't like that. So as long as she doesn't win, it's fine. But she can't so win this, guys. It's got to – this is how I'm predicting it finished. It's got to be Diamante and Ivelisse winning because of some issue between Ali and Brandy. You yeah. split up Ali and Brandy, and you have some sort of program between them. You need some women with some programs. Right. That's a built-in program. Roll with it. And then they've got to do something – for Hikaru Shida going into All Out. Yeah. The problem is they just ruined what could be a great story. They could have had the Tag Team Cup winners have to face each other for a chance at All Out. Oh, that's cool. But they just had Ivelisse and Diamante face each other for a chance at Hikaru Shida, and Diamante right. lost and had a pretty bad showing. Yeah. So they've kind of ruined that. Um, a lot of people are thinking they're going to bring in Thunder Rosa for Hikaru Shida at All Out which is okay, but I'm not all for bringing in a new person for a pay-per-view. You need to build a feud going into it. Yeah. Um, so I think Ivelisse and Diamante are going to win, and they'll probably keep them on the roster as a tag team, which would be great. Uh, I don't think they're going to have Brandy and Allie win. If they do, I agree. I think it'll be a poor decision. Yeah. So again, not knocking Brandy. She's doing a great job. I just, you, you can't. You just can't. It's... It, Triple H did it, and he's ruined it for everyone. So you yep. can't be the booker or the booker's wife or whatever the heck she is and book yourself to win a tournament. You can't do it. The first if she tournament. does, she has to come out with a sledgehammer. <laughs> she has to come out with a throne and like, like maybe like duct tape the one. I swear, if she it. did it and she came out with the entire uh, gear that he had at that WrestleMania with like the the, the crown and the chain mail and yeah. hammer, I would mark out if her new gimmick was Triple H... It's all worth it. If she came out with a water bottle, spitting, that would be fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah, I, I actually think Allie and Brandy's going to win. I disagree with you, uh, and I hope I'm wrong. But 
Uh, Cody and Brody. Uh, Brodus Lee is, is I call Brodus him. Lee. Brodus Lee. Cody and Brodus Lee. Uh, who's winning here? I don't know, man. I really don't. Yeah. So that's they... why I love AEW because it's not predictable. Well, wait till we get to SummerSlam. Here's the here's the problem. It, it has to be Brody Lee unless unless this is where Cody turns. So I'm so the problem is this match has no build up, right? Yeah. You don't want to. I don't think they should change the title in a match with no build up. But. Gosh, Brody Lee can't lose again. He can't lose another big match. He yeah, can't. I know. He can't. But if in the middle of the match, Cody's like, screw it, I'm not going to win, and hits Brody Lee over the head with a chair and gets himself disqualified, I, I'd i be okay with it. You don't see very right. many disqualifications. Yeah. And it's it, never happened in AEW. There's never uh, been a disqualification. One, there's one disqualification in the Iron oh, Man what, match. Wrong? In the Iron We're, Man match with Pac and Kenny. Oh yeah, that's right. But it didn't end the match. Yeah, it didn't end the match. So it's it was kind of a cheap, cheating, cheating way out. But yeah, yeah. So if Cody decided, hey, I'm just gonna disqualify myself because I can't win this, and then they have a rematch it all out, and then Brody Lee wins there, that would be great booking. I would like it that. Would. Uh, but I kind of have a feeling Cody's just gonna win clean. Uh, so I'm gonna guess Cody for either of those uh options. I'm 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 just laying them, and I'm just betting on black here um and i'm gonna say cody and maybe Brody lee wins and surprises me but i just don't see him winning here it just doesn't make sense um but i also don't see him losing so who knows <laughs> it's, it's an interesting choice if they decide to put cody over for yeah, sure i agree um i think cody's gonna win and i'm not sure it's the right call but again i'm not sure it's the wrong call i absolutely hated cody beating lance archer but you know what i've loved this open invitation because Cody puts on some amazing old school matches that you don't really see on four AEW. star, four star general. It's or three star general, whatever they call them, <laughs> whatever. He's really good. So I've, I've, I love the war horse match. I love the Scorpio sky match. Eddie Kingston match. The Ricky Starks match. Yeah. They're so, all, most of them have been good. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I, I kind of want that to continue on. So I, I hope he wins. Um, but yeah, I do understand the thought process that Brody Lee can't have another major loss. Uh, if he does, he needs to go into a feud where he looks really strong at the end of it. If he loses, it's got to be through some shenanigans. Yeah. It's got to be because he just lost the last big matchup and came out looking very strong. Yeah. If he loses another big matchup, I don't feel like he's going to look so strong. I understand what you're saying. Uh, let's move into SummerSlam. And this is... I feel like this is a mostly predictable show. But let's uh, let's talk about it. Let's see if you agree with me. Okay. If we agree with pretty much everything, I think it'll definitely be predictable. So, Mandy and Sonya, which is now a no-DQ match. We know that from SmackDown. It is no longer hair versus hair. So, one of these two things are happening... One is this has happened because they want Sonny to win now. They've changed their mind, and Mandy will not be shaving her head. Or Sonny needs some time off to deal with her legal troubles. Um, I, I guess I shouldn't say legal troubles. It's, she's not in trouble, but she probably needs some time off to take care of whatever legal issues that she is having to deal with because of this crazy man. How about that? I hope yeah. I said that properly. Yeah. Some mental uh, recovery time, too, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean... It's just hard, man, because if if you're a performer 
and then you're saying, okay, you have been working this months-long show with your best friend, your real-life best friend, and now you get to have your big blow-off at the second biggest show of the year, and you don't want to go, I'll just cancel it because this crazy man broke into my house. No, you don't want to let this idiot take it away from you. Yeah, that was, that was one of my points, yeah. I think, yeah, I think you said this last week. So I, I understand the fact – I don't think this is a WWE saying the show must go on. I hope no one's been giving them a hard time for that. I, I don't I haven't seen that. Um, I just know some fans are a little crazy. But Oh, really? That <laughs> idea. <laughs> that wasn't what I was trying to say, but you, you know what I mean. But I uh, I think that Sonya has been very strong in this. Mandy has been very strong in this. And whatever happens – I hope that they both get the the rest and the recovery they need. Um, I think Mandy Rose wins this. Sonya's gone for a couple months. Something will happen, and she'll wind up showing up on the on the other show. She'll be on Raw instead of SmackDown. Uh, Shane did it. So, I mean, it's been it's done a million times. It's no one ever leaves WWE after a year fired match. We just talked about fifteen years ago. Chris Jericho did it, and he came back like three times. Yep. Not even, uh, not even Shawn Michaels. Yeah. But uh, I, I, if I had to take a, a guess, uh, I would lean more towards uh, Sonya. This is probably the hardest to pick on the card just because of all the stuff surrounding it. Yeah. Uh, I would pick Sonya because I think it's more than likely she's going to want time off. And so you think Manny's going to win? Yeah, I think Manny's going to win. Sorry. I think yeah. Sonya's going to be the one leaving. Okay. Uh, so I, do, I do pick Manny to win. Okay. Cool. Um, oh, will you will you write these down for me, by the way, so we can have them on the review show? Yeah. Thank you. I'm not editing that out. Um, the Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza. Uh, this is probably the, the hardest one for me to pick, um, and honestly, one of the few matches on this show that I think is not predictable, and that's because Andrade and Angel Garza have had a very strange storyline. They were fighting each other. We thought they were going to break up. Now they're not. They just randomly said, we're on the same page now, and they are, and Part of that is weird, but at the same time, is it? Because there's a week between shows. You think these guys can't talk? So, I don't know. WWE always pretends like anything that happens off camera doesn't actually happen. But, I don't know. Um, I think the Street Profits retain here because I think Montez Ford is an absolute treasure. uh, And he needs more spotlight. So, I think the Street Profits will retain. I do not think that their reign has lasted long enough yet. Yeah, I'm going to also go with the Street Profits. And I feel like... Andrade and Garza are going to have some hiccups in their teamwork. Probably cause them the loss. Yeah. Uh, Apollo Crews versus MVP. This is the most obvious match on the on the card. Uh, Apollo Crews is about to wrestle Bobby Lashley. Come on, guys. Seriously. Apollo Crews wins. He defeats MVP. There you go. Ditto. Same. <laughs> Easy peasy. Um, you talked about Bailey and Asuka earlier. So let's... We're going we're gonna to go ahead and predict both women's matches, and I'm going to let you start because you kind of got into it in part one of the show. Yeah, so I think that Sasha's going to help Bailey win in the first match, and I think that Bailey is not going to return the favor on Sasha. Asuka is going to beat Sasha, and that is going to start the feud between Sasha and Bailey. Uh, again, getting the inferiority complex for... Sasha, they could swerve us and have her beat Bailey and then not beat Sasha because Bailey helps. Um, but I don't know. I mean, they got to pull the trigger eventually, right? Yeah, they do. But there's also not a big pay per view coming up, so you would want to 
draw it out till then. What's the next paper? You like payback? Yes, yeah, literally the next week. So They're defending their tag titles. Uh, they could lose the tag titles there, I guess. I mean, what's after that? Uh, I have no idea. Armageddon? I don't know. I'm guessing. <laughs> do they even do that anymore? I I don't think so. I, I don't even know to be honest with you. What is it? Uh, <laughs> what is it? Bash of the Beach? Is that what they're doing? Uh, no. So I'm gonna go with Bailey retains. Sasha loses. So Oscar loses to Bailey. Beats Sasha. So, Sasha Banks has, like, her her title reigns are, like, some of the shortest in history. I think her longest is, like, 42 days. And she... She's never had a successful title defense. Yeah. She just won the dang thing. Let's see. Her first Raw title reign was 27 days. Her second was 27 days. Her third was 20, 20 days. Is that right? Yep. 20 days. Her... Fourth was eight days. My gosh, I forgot it was so short. And her fifth so far has been 29 days. This is the longest <laughs> that she's had. She's been for 29 days? Yeah. Seems like it's been two weeks. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, actually, this isn't updated. It's been 31 days because she won it on July 20th. So, um, but yeah, I just, this is... You're right, though. I mean, your prediction is my prediction, and I know we keep agreeing, but we're going to because this is a predictable card. Um, Asuka is going to beat Bailey because Sasha, or Bailey is going to beat Asuka because Sasha Banks is going to help her and succeed. Uh, Bailey's going to try to do the same thing for Sasha, and she's going to screw up. And then Sasha will get mad and attack her, and we're going to have a heel versus heel feud because you can't you can't turn any of these girls' face if that's the storyline you're running with, right? Yeah. True. So, um, Seth Rollins versus Prince Dominic Mysterio. Seth Rollins has got to win this one. Yeah, got to. I what uh, the way I would book it, because as we all know, WWE comes to me for all their ideas. Yes, that would explain why the show's so bad. Um, <laughs> I I would book it as Seth Rollins beats Dominic. Right. Okay. Dominic goes to NXT. Dominic spends I don't know a year in NXT. Eight months, whatever. Comes back in full gear, mask, you know, new image, and then beats Seth Rollins. Okay. That's the way I would do it. I don't think they need to have a new kid come in and beat Seth Rollins. I think it's a poor decision if they do that, even if it's Rey Mysterio's kid. Yeah. Um, what I, they should have done is had him and Rey Mysterio beat Brock Lesnar a little while ago, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that's the way I would book it. Um, I would like to see him in NXT for a while. Uh, we will see if he needs to be after this. I just don't think the uh, – if you're going to have this developmental brand, it's probably a good idea to have new talent develop on there. Makes so. sense, right? Yeah. So this is a street fight, and Rey Mysterio will be in Dominic's corner. Yeah, but he can't uh, see. Seth, Seth, Seth's little buddy Murphy will also be there. Um, there's no way Dominic wins this, right? Yeah, he can't. No way. But – I just I don't know anymore. Like I don't know. Seth Rollins wins. He's got to win. Uh, Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt. Now Kyle's going to be off the next couple weeks, so I it'll be my responsibility to watch most of WWE. I might can talk to you into watching a show. Um, and I will tell you that if Braun Strowman wins this match, uh, we're doing AEW shows for the next couple weeks because I'm not watching it. 
Fingers, fingers crossed, Braun wins. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's it. Like, the, so I took my first hiatus from WWE a couple months back because Braun Strowman won the title, and I thought it was the dumbest thing. No, no, but yeah, because he uh, he beat the Fiend, right? And I said, if if he wins, I'm I'm done. He beat Bray. Right. He didn't beat the Fiend. To be fair, right? But I just Bray Wyatt has to win this match. Braun Strowman. You said last week on the show that. Braun Strowman might be the worst champion, the worst talking world champion of all time. I don't agree with that because Ultimate Warrior and Scott Steiner existed. Well, hold on. Don't be, don't be hating a big pop of pump. They, they were both terrible. Even though they were great and well-loved, they, they would, it's bad. Have you never seen Scott Steiner math? <laughs> yes, it was on a best and worst, and it was great. Carol loved it. It's the best, not the worst, but that's for sure. Ultimate just, Warrior was a crazy person. I forgot he ever held a title, if I'm being honest. Yeah. But I just, Braun Strowman is a bad champion. He is. Braun Strowman is one of, and he's not the worst because the great Kali existed, but Braun Strowman is one of. God, I forgot about that too, man. Yeah. Braun Strowman is one of the worst world champions we have ever gotten. And it blows my mind because two years ago, everyone was all on board the Braun train. Well, now the Braun train is broken down. It's dumb. It's been destroyed. Braun Strowman is an idiot. He's a terrible terrible promo. He's a mediocre wrestler, and he's a dork on Twitter. Braun Strowman doesn't deserve this title, and he better freaking lose. I'm picking Bray Wyatt. Yeah, he's bald, too. Yeah. Bald Braun. Bald Braun. Uh, so, yeah, they've got to have Bray win here. Uh, I don't want the title back on Bray, if I'm being honest. I don't think yeah. Bray should have ever had the title to begin with. Um, but, that's how they've booked him. Uh... Yeah, it's got to be Bray. If it's not, it's bad booking. So maybe it will be Braun. Yeah. Um, maybe Alexa Bliss will come out and take the belt. That would not be the worst thing. <laughs> what, what about uh, what about if the Fiend is destroying Braun Strowman? He's he's laid him down on the mat. The Fiend looks at the title, drops it, and walks away because he doesn't need it. That's what should have happened the first time. In and out Spell. comes. Otis. Oh, I would mark the crap out. <laughs> I would too. Yeah. I would if that happens. Look, I'll be reviewing SmackDown. That's fine if that happens. <laughs> if we get Otis as world champion, I feel like they've forgotten that he even has the briefcase though at this point. Yeah, he didn't have it tonight. So that's probably not gonna happen. But that would be if they like had the card come up like they were going off air, and then Otis like sneaks out. That would be, and like has Tucker in a referee's shirt. Oh man, I'm gonna if, if this if this doesn't happen, I'm booking this on WWE 2K19. <laughs> That's the problem. Like when fans book stuff, it's it's difficult. It really is. So, if what he should have done the first time in Hell in a Cell, if they're gonna book him in the title match, he should have destroyed Seth Rollins after his 19 curb stomps or whatever he received. If they want to do that, fine. If they want to build him strong, fine. Whatever. It's dumb, but okay. He should have destroyed Seth Rollins after all that. Yep. He should have left the title in the cage and disappeared. And it would have been perfectly fine. If they wanted to do that here, it would be perfectly fine. But they should have a tournament for the title because it doesn't belong on Braun. Okay. That's where I sit. Okay. Fine. Um, main event time. Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. Would you like to go first with this one? 
So I have who I think it should be, and I have who I think it will be. Okay. I think it should be Drew. I think Drew should hold the title forever. But I have a feeling they're putting it on Orton. I really do. Um, we know how Vince is, and numbers have been down. It's not at all Drew's fault. He's the only good thing about Raw. Um, I say he's the only good thing. He's one of the few good things. Uh, and he's going to think that Randy Orton is going to be a bigger draw if they put a title on him. It's, it's possible that he is. But he shouldn't be a champion right now, in my opinion. And they are running out of heels for Drew to face. Which is sad. Which, you know, it is what it is. Um, I don't know. I I think it's going to be Orton. I don't want it to be Orton, but I really have a feeling it's going to be. I actually don't have a problem with it being Orton because he has been so good since before WrestleMania. Um, I do think Drew needs to hold it for a long, long, long time. But imagine this scenario. Randy Orton defeats Drew McIntyre. And whether it's clean or whether it's a little dirty, maybe the way he beat Edge, right? Like it was mostly a clean match, but then maybe a little bit of shenanigans at the end, which probably needs to. You know, I, I don't like a lot of shenanigans, but in, in WWE is frustrating because they do it so much. But certain points you need it. And I think in that match you would need it. Uh, protect Drew. Um, Drew wants a rematch, but you know what? He's not granted one because they said no more rematches about a year ago, even though they've been doing them ever since. Um, Randy Orton holds on the title until Survivor Series, or whenever, whenever fans can come back in the arena, right? Drew McIntyre wins that title back, and he finally gets the cheers and the reception that he deserved, that he was robbed of at WrestleMania because of this global crisis. I'm down with that. I'm picking Randy Orton. I accept your booking. Yeah. Yeah, so, that actually would be pretty cool. Yeah. And I'm not the only person that booked that. Other people have other people have said <laughs> similar things. Man, you really you think know, fans will be back at Survivor Series though? <laughs> I hope so, man. Like AEW, well, yes, I do, because AEW's having fans back in a week, and Vincent Man ain't gonna stand for that. So I wouldn't be surprised if there were like a You know Vincent Man was like, in. crap, we just spent all this money on these LEDs, now we have to have people next week. Yeah, this man wanted to be the first guy to have fans back in in the crowd. So this is a big blow to him, actually. Yeah, either way, New Japan beat him to it, but yeah. But anywho, uh, well, that's a totally different country. So, um, I, I mean, like before the NFL, the NBA, that kind of stuff. Before any any U.S. any major U.S. function, he wanted yeah. to be the first. Yeah. So, um, that's the show. Yeah, we did we did SummerSlam, we did Dynamite and Takeover briefly. We reviewed SmackDown, and we did it all in about an hour. Not too bad, right? And we chose the same person on every prediction. So did, I don't even know if I really? need. To, I don't even know if I need to save this file. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you save it? We'll get Kyle to send us his, and maybe he'll uh, predict different ones. But like I said, I think this is one of the most predictable cards I have ever seen. I feel like we said that about the last WWE show as well. Mo they usually are though. They're usually yeah. really predictable. And sometimes they throw us a curveball, like Otis winning the money in the bank. That's true. That one surprised everybody. Yeah. So I don't know. Now, would it surprise you for WWE to go, we don't like that and just drop it and then Otis no longer has the money in the bank? Yeah, they'd be like, actually draw Dolph Ziggler won it. You just didn't see it. <laughs> uh, it's like the twenty four seven title. Otis was sleeping, he snuck into his house and uh he got it. Yeah. So it's uh a little weird. If you're gonna take it off, Otis, give it our truth. <laughs> and the twenty, he he catches it in. 
Oh, and the twenty four seven title match. Oh, could you no? Could you imagine him being like, you know what, Bray Wyatt? I'm sick of you and your swamp stuff and all that. And then the fiends in the ring, he's thinking it's Bray Wyatt the whole time. And then he cashes in on Bray Wyatt and immediately gets mandible clawed. That'd be great. <laughs> Our truth is the absolute best, one hundred percent. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode one hundred and twenty-five of Wrestle Life Radio. Thanks for hanging out with us this past hour plus. We really appreciate you. You can follow me at Wrestle Life Matt on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow us all at Wrestle Life Radio on Instagram and Facebook, and at Wrestle Life Pod on Twitter. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for hanging out with us, and we hope you all have an absolutely wonderful day. See ya.